Welcome to the GemCast. I'm your host, Alex Knight, and this is episode 18. Today, I'm joined by Aline Sims, founder of the Less Than or Equal podcast, and science fiction writer, Kay Tempest Bradford. In episode 18, Hot Time in Hawaii, the Misfits and the Holograms are both invited to compete in the Battle of the Music Stars in Honolulu. Eric's hired thug, Zipper, supplies the Misfits with rigged sports equipment to give them the edge in the competition. Later on, Kimber is kidnapped, and the Holograms have to find her in time to compete in the final event. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode. Showtime, Synergy! All right, episode 18, written by Beth Bornstein. Now, is this a new writer? Uh, I believe it is. Oh, no. (laughs) We're all clueless. (laughs) So I take it the fact that we don't know, we probably don't, none of us are familiar with any of her other work. I'm awful. I'm not, I don't really pay attention to that stuff because I'm the worst. You're not the worst. No. Just... Zipper is the worst. <laughs> I believe it's pronounced Zippa. <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful. Well, we open with Aja instructing an intensive aerobic session for the holograms and the Starlight Girls. The doorbell rings and Jerrica is delivered a priority letter stating that Jim and the holograms have been invited to participate in the annual Battle of the Music Stars competition in Honolulu, Hawaii. The winner will receive not only a trophy, but a chance to perform at the governor's mansion. That's pretty cool. So, was I the only one confused? Because, like, they're they're doing this, like, jazzercise in these really 80s outfits. And, <laughs> and they get done, and it's like, shoo, thank God, it's so hard. And then, and then it's like, we need to start exercising again. And I did not understand that the battle of the music stars with an, was an athletic competition exactly and, until like i don't know a third of the way in when they're like finally in hawaii competing exactly because it's just it's just a battle and so i, I don't know why they assumed that it involved some kind of exercise but they sure assume the audience thought it was some kind of exercise and i'm like uh dear writer we don't know right hmm. I mean, I yeah, it's like Battle of the Network Stars. I guess that's what they were going for, because I think that was some kind of athletic competition, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I thought so. I thought I missed something. I was like, I just I I wasn't attending well enough. You know, well, I was, no, <laughs> no. OK, okay good. I, I mean, I feel better. You know, at this point, it could have like it could have been an actual battle with like swords, <laughs> or, or maybe like some mixed martial arts stuff. And so that actually would have been a much better episode, I think, if the battle oh. had been like an actual. But it, but it's not, and so it's it's very sad. Can you even imagine Pizzazz versus Gem in an MMA competition? <laughs> I mean, it, like it, it would be, it would be like, it would be like Street Fighter, the yes. finishing move, or like, oh my god, <laughs> finished. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, the only good thing I could say about this competition is that it was not uh, delivered to them by a man with a mustache uh, standing <laughs> in a bush, and so it is, it is like fifty percent less shady than other yeah. competitions that they have been invited to participate in. Right, right. It's like a certified letter. Right. And what does performing at the governor's mansion get them exactly? Uh, they get to meet the governor. Hello, of Hawaii. You, you want to meet the governor? I'm sure that the governor is somebody very special. All right, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, we cut to the special music star buffet, which I thought was hilarious, uh, where the misfits decide to celebrate their invitation by filling up their plates. Stormer raises concerns about gorging on the free food and suggests that the band should start training for the competition. Naturally, Pizzazz says there's no need, as they're going to hire Zipper as their coach to train them in the art of cheating. Well, you know, I guess, you know, it's good that we got this this episode's moral right up there in the front. <laughs> right I up actually, the front. I actually had a moment where I was like, 
I don't really, again, don't really w- understand what's going on with like the food because I guess I guess they need to look svelte. I don't know, but like, I was like, mm-hmm. at least they're being honest about what they want Zipper to do. This is true. Like they're not beating around that bush. Yeah, at all. and you, usually it's just kind of you know like glossed over. So mm-hmm. that that was nice. It was a good touch. Mm-hmm. Well, they need their protein for the for the competition, right? Uh, I mean, it's not just the fact that they need to train they they do need to eat so i thought it was a little strange that it seemed like like they don't want to really eat and they just want to train like there has to be a balance between the two of them although it did look like i mean to their credit it looked like they were trying to fill up on a lot of sweets and stuff that they probably shouldn't be eating if they're going to train for some kind of physical activity they are the epitome of gluttony in this scene, especially like in the beginning of it, Pizzazz is like, get all the free food. And I'm like, Pizzazz, you live in a mansion. <laughs> yes. Why are you grabbing at free food like you're a starving artist on the street? And because, like, it, I don't, hey, look, just because you're not always hungry doesn't mean that you don't appreciate a free meal. But I do really feel that the whole point of that scene was that they are the epitome of gluttony. Yeah, that's that. That basically describes the misfits in a yeah. nutshell. They're just greedy for everything. They want, like, they want to win this competition. I, I, I don't know why they care about playing for the governor, but they want to win against Gem and the Holograms. Now, notice they're like, we're going to beat Gem and the Holograms. There must be many other bands competing in this battle of the bands, but none of those other bands are worth their consideration. It's only Gem and the Holograms they care about. During the flight to Hawaii, Kimber leaves her seat and heads over to the bar to order a large pineapple juice. She clumsily bumps into a man named Steve and spills her drink. Oh, Kimber. (laughs) It turns out Steve is also heading to Honolulu. Fortunately for the holograms, Steve knows a lot about sports and offers to help (laughs) coach the band. (laughs) That's so generic. I know a lot about sports. It's very convenient that the hot blonde dude knows a lot about sports and mm-hmm. can thus help them. Like, he didn't even say, I'm a coach for, like, disadvantaged kids back <laughs> in my home state of Minnesota. And so I can help you. know, he just knows a lot about sports. Does that mean that he watches a lot of the NFL? Exactly. Network? Like, is he, I mean, he seems like he's in f- good physical shape, so you can only assume that he plays some kind of sport but regardless just because you play a sport doesn't mean you're qualified to become a coach suddenly so what are your credentials sir right, he's, quali- like he's qualified to tap that ass <laughs> oh yeah I, I like how he's just like i know things about sports and they're like great we have like 36 hours to train for this let's go it's just weird. <laughs> well, I mean, Kimber and Steve both seem to be like immediately into each other. So, you know, I. And okay. so I'm just saying, like, Kimber a- accepts his offer to help coach them, but there's slightly dubious reasons why. Like, it's obviously, uh, you know, it's a reason to get close to her. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, as long as he has the skills. But I'm just saying, it's not immediately obvious what his exact skills are. And as someone who has been injured while, like, training for shit, you know, I'd kind of want to know credentials. I don't know. Just saying. Later at the beach, we see Gem and the Holograms exercising while the Misfits lounge in the sun. Stormer observes the Holograms exercising and decides to go for a run on the beach. But she's stopped by Zipper. And I love what Zipper says here because he's like, no need to do that, Stormer. With old <laughs> Zipper here, you won't have to do nothing. Nothing oh my legal, God. that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm losing my voice. <laughs> Hold on. Poor Alex. Oh. He sacrifices really for sound us. like Zipper. Who's <clears throat> oh, Zipper? <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that again. (laughs) Probably not. My voice kind of feels wrecked, actually. I've had way too much coffee. Oh, maybe I'll come back to that. That that was our one and only Zipper impersonation of the episode. We should relish in it. Okay. 
Maybe take I'll, a moment. If I can do it better it. in post, I'll, I'll do it after. Perfect it. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, I practiced that a few times before I hit, before <laughs> you guys got on Skype. Maybe that's what messed my voice up. Oh my god! I was trying to get yeah, the tone to, right. You have to get it right in the right place in your <clears throat> in the palate, so you don't mess right. up your voice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Now, now I'm just um, imagining Alex going to a voice teacher just so he can better impersonate Zipper without damaging his voice this is like no need to do that stormer <laughs> with old zipper here you won't have to do nothing nothing legal that is oh my god that's like super creepy <laughs> it is super creepy but he does and say it creepy like that he does, he does. yeah yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's not- true like it's just it's all like zipper is just so gross like he just gets more gross and creepy as time goes on and also he dyes his hair. Is that supposed to like keep us? Well, it from... used to be blonde. Initially. Used to be blonde. Now it's dark. I... Mm. 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 Well, maybe they felt he didn't look evil enough with blonde hair because blonde haired people are trustworthy. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, that's true. We've got Svensson. Yeah. We have what's his face on the airplane. We have. I don't know. I'm what, sure. I don't know what Rio's purple hair means. Is he neutral? <laughs> oh no purple is the worst it is yeah well zipper has brought some special equipment with him to give the misfits the upper hand in the competition starting with some very james bond style bicycles on the bike it features an electromagnet which can pull you up to whoever is in front of you rear rear tire slashing spikes and an oil slick now the electromagnet i mean you would have to have an incredibly strong magnet in order to do something like that. And there's no way they fit something that powerful onto that bicycle. Just saying. Zipper has reached tech rat levels of (laughs) machine building in this episode. Like this dude, I am sorry, but if he is this good at creating electromagnets that can pull you up to the person and, like hidden spikes in the bike and jumpy shoes and springy pole vaulting and and like a mechanical shark like all these things he is not some low-level criminal working for eric raymond and or pizzazz gabor like he you know the, I mean, perhaps it's his criminal record that keeps him from being able to work in you know silicon valley as he so clearly needs to be well, but, you don't think he outsources that stuff? Like, it might he might be the idea guy, but I don't know if he has the smarts to engineer that stuff. He said, didn't he say he made these things? Really, I don't remember. I him saying I, that. I don't. I don't I, know if he said so explicitly, but I think he did. See, and, I assumed. I assumed he he he, um, he uh, filled out an order. I don't know, a mail order request to a. <laughs> um, <laughs> To a Chinese <laughs> manufacturing company that is a front for something else entirely. Oh, see, now I'm picturing him just going into one of those, like, spy shops with with three bikes on his shoulder and just like, hey, I need you to trick this out. Can you do that? Yeah. I was thinking that Zipper seems far more competent in the last couple of episodes than he has historically. This is true. That's the other thing is that he used to be so completely stupid. That it just is weird that he's not so completely stupid. But I can't, you know what this reminds me of? I feel like this is just like watching a Roadrunner cartoon. Because, you know, sometimes Wiley e. Coyote is just completely like, what is wrong with you, sir? And sometimes Wiley e. Coyote, Coyote really is the super genius that he claims to be. He's innovative. Right. But the Acme company messes him up at every turn. So maybe that's what this is, is that Zipper has ordered these things from the Acme company. And even though he is smarter, the Acme company, in the end, will be his ultimate downfall. That or a volcano. Is the Acme company code for pizzazz? No, I think it really is like an Acme company. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. This is the world of cartoons. Like, it's probably actually literally the same Acme company. (laughs) Nothing legal, that is. (laughs) Oh, Alex. (laughs) Before Zipper can finish explaining all of the bike's tricks to Roxy, she takes off and starts pushing random buttons like all the misfits tend to do. And she ends up setting off an oil slick, which causes Zipper to lose control. And of course, the misfits end up laughing uncontrollably because why? Why wouldn't that be funny? It's 
it should have like <laughs> it should have supplied banana peels. I think that would have been even yeah. even. Well, there were some pretty insane. silly sound effects. Yeah, like the, the sound of the oil squirting out sounds so gross yeah. and but so yeah. so corny that it yeah it was it was very campy. It was not okay. Pizzazz helps Zipper test his modified pole vault, which artificially helps propel whoever uses it with little to no effort via a hidden spring at the base of the pole. Now, do you think people would not notice a giant spring popping out at the bottom or the fact that she is leaping to like abnormal heights? That for was human my question. Being? I was I was like, I mean, I don't know what kind of oversight is going on here at the battle of the music bands but aren't there referees aren't there people who are looking out for that kind of thing i mean there's there's even you know an audience and cameras i just right and you've got i mean any sporting event has people that that do tests for performance enhancing drugs to make sure athletes aren't taking them so you would assume that there would be something similar but for you know cheating on equipment also, I don't think that's how those little itty bitty thin springs work. Yeah, that that yeah. was th- those are some serious industrial springs. Acme Company, because <laughs> I mean, like well, if you think about, must have manufactured the springs. Ah, uh, they're made from space age metals. They're in cahoots. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, be- mm-hmm, go ahead. Yeah, because if you well, I was just saying, if you think about a pogo stick and the kind of spring a pogo stick has, you know, those are that that's serious business. You know, and this this little flimsy, like it came out of a, a ballpoint retractable pen or something. It's just, it's not going to do it. Speaking of springs, Stormer is given special running shoes, which feature springs that help her reach new heights. Those must be some pretty serious industrial strength springs because, by the way, did you hear the, uh, I don't know if you happen to catch the uh, the silly sound effect that those springs mm-hmm. are boing, boing, boing. Mm-hmm. and the fact that she's leaping like that it, it looks so ridiculous i just can't buy that anyone would believe that like nobody jumps like that yeah nope. no nobody does that's it's all none of this ah this the technology of this episode and you know what's you know what's even more disturbing is that i am willing i'm willing to set aside you know like plausibility, whatever. I could suspend my disbelief for a giant AI computer that generates realistic looking <laughs> holograms uh, and also has lasers. But this stuff, I just, I can't. Yep. With you. Well, because there's, there's a difference between like the laws of physics in our universe and like imagining a really cool AI, you know, like, like springs are springs unless you establish something in the universe to be like hey our gravity is less here and springs are you know like but we have none of that the whole premise of the show is fantastic artificial intelligence that makes holograms out of people like i don't know yeah i don't have anything to add to that (laughs) meanwhile the holograms continue training with steve at the beach Kimber is swimming and practicing her laps, but when Steve mentions she beat her previous record, a shark appears and heads toward her. Steve tries to (laughs) warn her to swim in, but it doesn't seem like she hears him right away. Kimber turns around and tries to swim as fast as she can, screaming for help. Steve comes to Kimber's rescue on a sea-doo and fires a harpoon at the shark, but we see a small spark of electricity, and then the shark explodes, revealing it was entirely mechanical. Where does Zipper find all of this stuff? I'm telling you, this just, it's, oh my god, the fact that he has, that there exists a mechanical shark in this world, that somebody was like, this is a good idea, let's build a Mm -hmm. a realistic-looking shark that's mechanical and then sell it to people. That can't be used for nefarious purposes at all. But personally, I think that the shark actually came from the mysterious uh, section of the writer's room uh, that it handles what happens at commercial breaks. Because you notice, like, we were going along and nothing bad really was happening. And then they were like, the first commercial break is coming up. What do we do? I know. Kimber gets chased <laughs> by a shark. Kimber's like, ah! she was screaming like the, the the voice actress was like doing this amazing scream mm-hmm. when the, and then it's like commercial break will kimber be eaten by a shark 
Mm. No, because somebody has a harpoon. Oh, but it was a fake <laughs> shark anyway. Yay. Commercial breakover. Yeah, when I was watching this episode the other day, um, I actually completely forgot that it was a mechanical shark. So I started thinking, I'm like, uh, what shark would be in such shallow water? That's obscene. Mm-hmm. Like that, that doesn't happen like that. And then, of course, yeah, after the you know commercial break and what whatnot, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I think I turned to Justin and was like, this is why people my age have such unrealistic fear unreasonable fear of sharks is because they think that sharks are just going to come attack them unprovoked, which, you know, well, up until this year didn't really happen all that often. So you're saying a children's show completely ruined. I do. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. Is there a clinical term for like the phobia of sharks? I'm sure there is. Yes. Hmm. (laughs) Oh yeah. What it is. Oh, probably. The other thing about this is, you know, much like, the battle itself was not explained like the parameters or or what the battle exactly was. The shark is just kind of hanging there and we're left to assume that it was zipper. Like he doesn't take credit. It's not like, he does. Does he? He does. Okay. He he, he takes credit later to the misfits. He's like, Uh, yeah, that shark was all dead. I'm like, (laughs) okay, why? Like, cause, cause it didn't make any sense. Like when you're like, cause we can't have a shark. You're like, what? And then later on, Zipper's like, that little shark thing I pulled. You're like, why would you do that? What are you doing, Zipper? Watching the scene unfold from shore, Zipper doesn't appear to be phased by the failure of his mechanical shark because he has a lot more in store for Jem and the holograms. The misfits compliment Zipper on the food he brought them. But when Zipper says he thought he'd bring them sharks since the holograms were having it, the misfits promptly uh, spit it out in disgust. Look, what is wrong with them? First of all, shark is perfectly tasty. Second of all, it's not as if they're eating puppies. Once again, Pizzazz lives in a mansion. She should have been eating shark all her life. Ah. Yeah, I mean, you you figured somebody, uh, you know, that high up, and you know, would would be eating fancy, you know, rich people food like caviar and shark and shark. <laughs> that's the you know, that's, that's a staple food. diet of any rich person. Shark. Mm. You wake up, you have it in your oatmeal, you have it for lunch. Mm. That's just little, what you do. A little bit of caviar for garnish. They, they put it in their craft dinner. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That sounds absolutely... I'm going to be sick now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the idea of shark in my craft dinner. Not that yeah, I'm it, a huge fan of craft dinner, but... Uh. I was I was going to say, like, if you're going to eat shark, you're not putting it, putting it in your powdered mac and cheese. Like, right, right. This is not a thing that should happen. I actually tried it one time. It's a... It's a you know, it's a, it's a pretty meaty, solid f- fish. I wouldn't say it quite tastes like chicken, but it has <laughs> the same kind of texture in terms of, like, it's... It, it, it is a pretty good... Um, I would say it tastes more like chicken in, in terms of the uh, the texture than it does, like, a, a halibut or something. It's not a... It's not really that delicate, but... Uh, when you started, I thought you were saying that you had tried the shark in your Kraft macaroni no, and cheese. No, no, no. No, and I, I was never like, do such a thing. Okay, okay. So we get our first competition, uh, which commences with the bicycle race, and things are not off to a good start when Roxy blows out Shayna's tire, causing Roxy to win the race. Do they oh, not man. have cameras? Right? Really? A right. bike Eyeballs. with like a rotating saw blade thing that destroys your tire all i can say is that i appreciated the homage to ben hur but other than that that was right right oh totally yeah the chariot thing yeah well next up we have the pole vault competition uh where pizzazz ends up shattering the world record and no one seems to question how unlikely this would be oh my god can we ah when he said that he's like she said, I'm like, no, some random woman who sings, who is not shattering world records. And she's not an athlete. She's not an athlete. It no. makes no sense. Like that, that should have been somebody's clue. Somebody should have been like, wait a minute. Can we take a look at that pole? Because you just literally did something that Olympic athletes couldn't do. We're going to need to take a look at your pole, ma'am. I mean, it was bad enough that like Jem did that well, because when is Jem ever pole vaulted? Come on now. But setting that aside. When they were like, she she broke the world record. That should have been somebody's clue to go be like, no, I don't think so. 
And next up, we have the high jump competition. And Stormer breaks the world high jump record. Really? Does anyone not see a pattern here? A very Mm -mm. peculiar pattern? People in this universe aren't very smart. No. No, they aren't. Like, I I think that's established. After the first day's events, it's announced that the scores are tied. Now, help me make sense of this. How is it possible that the scores are tied when the Misfits shattered several world records? How does that work? Right? Like, what competitions did they not do well in that we didn't see, seriously? Like, a competition for not being vain. (laughs) The quick change contest. Right, the quick change contest and... And, like, the competition for having the most fluffiest pink hair. Oh, sorry. You lost. Yeah, I thought it was going crazy. I'm, I'm glad. Because I, I, when I was watching this, I, I thought, like, did I miss something? I mean, they they shattered several world records and suddenly they're tied with the, the holograms. The, uh, no. Later in the evening, Steve and Kimber take a walk on the beach. Steve compliments Kimber and says she's the best swimmer he's ever coached. What? How? Look. He is trying to get in them. Yeah, yeah, I know what he, I, I, I know this tactic. I know what he's doing. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> obvious. Well, things are interrupted, though, which I'm sure uh, Steve wasn't too happy about. Uh, when Kimber notices the Misfits are at the luau, and we cut to a Misfits music video called Where the Misfits in Hawaii. What did oh, the two of you think God. of the song oh, and the video? Dear God. Look. Oh, it sounds like Aline loved it. Oh, Best song ever, I was right? just looked, so I need to hear what she has to all, say. All I know is that when the Misfits come to Hawaii, they are bent on um, offending everybody who lives in Hawaii, I feel. And that <laughs> See, is I, kind of an they, amazing... They taught me a good lesson that I'm going to get seven tropical diseases if I go right. there. Right, because the, Hawaii is known for its seven tropical diseases. And breezes? Ah, I, <laughs> terrible, terrible lyrics. Yeah, it was. I think this this episode has the worst songs by just across the board. It has the worst songs to date. I I wouldn't disagree with that, but the song the song is annoyingly catchy. Like it just it's one of those songs that it just grates on you, but you can't. You know, you want to get it out of your head, but you can't. Well, it's because I don't think the actual music is original it's it actually sounds like aloha oi but messed with like remix Mm -hmm. it's aloha oi remix and so the aloha oi part of it is is what is catchy and and sort of interesting because we know that song but the rest of it is ridiculous yep 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 it was just the whole thing the whole thing was bad the whole thing was bad yeah even the video too yeah it's just obscene yeah no. Well, after the Misfits, so we're you you were unanimous that that both the video and the song were pretty bad. Yes. All right. Well, after the Misfits finish performing, Kimber leaves Steve for a moment to go speak with Jim. Pizzazz takes the opportunity to swoop in and try and steal him away, but Steve just isn't interested in her, and he knows the Misfits are responsible for the shark prank. Of course, Pizzazz denies any responsibility for the accident. After being rebuffed by Steve, Pizzazz makes a promise that she's not done with Steve or Little Miss Kimber. Oh, Pizzazz. But she's how, how many times we had to go through this? Yep. I was just going to say, she's rejected enough. I, I, I can't even, I don't necessarily feel sad for her, but I'm just like, why do you keep doing this to yourself? Mm-hmm. Like, that dude is clearly already with Kimber. And okay? I'm sure there are He's... plenty of other attractive Hawaiian men that she could go after. Right. Like, why are you going after the dude from Minnesota? She could find a nice guy who's performing, like, the little fire-breathy thing they do for tourists. And I think that would work out well for her. Or, I mean, in the short term, anyway. I always wanted... got a soft spot for a kind of uh, pizzazz and riot getting together. I just... Th- uh, I don't know. I think that would be... I feel like... Interesting. It would be, I mean, it would kind of be interesting, but it would also be really, because, I mean, once we get to this, we could talk about it more, but Zaz becomes like this strange, needy person when Riot shows up. Like, you know, any other dude, she's like, how dare you not want to be with me? Like, she has this whole, like, I'm awesome, what the heck is wrong with you attitude. But then we get to Riot, and she's just like, ah, ah. And she and and she like falls all over him and there's and they even have songs about it and the other misfits talk about it 
And then she just never stopped doing it. And it's really annoying. Right. And I feel really bad for her. So I feel like I don't want anybody to get with Brian. Yeah, it's, Brian it's, is the worst. It's definitely embarrassing. Like, I get secondhand embarrassment just watching her throw herself. Like, it's so sad to see somebody do that. Because she has no... Uh, no self-confidence. And I think, I mean, Riot is is a jerk too, but he seems like the kind of person that would, he, like, he likes, he's a confident person, so he kind of wants the the person he's interested in to be confident and at least to have some, some level of self-respect. I'll have to stop there because this is jumping way ahead into other seasons, but it, I mean, this is not going to come as a, as a surprise to anybody listening to our podcast because I'm sure they've, they've probably already seen the entire cartoon anyways. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to come back to that conversation for sure. They could be like me and just watch as they record. Like, I don't remember any of Jim and the holograms. So like, I'm just like, I believe them. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're listening and thinking that, you're not alone. I'm right there with you. Pizzazz speaks with Zipper about how rude Steve was to her in a very innocent-sounding tone. And that actually reminded me of how she speaks to her father, Mr. Gabor. Zipper doesn't seem to care at all and tells Pizzazz that she has no chance of beating Kimber, even if she cheats. Kimber is just too good. Pizzazz comes up with an idea for Zipper. Hide Kimber until the competition is over, thus assuring her victory. Oh, Pizzazz. Just kidnap her. It'll be fine. Oh, it's a solid plan. Nothing can go wrong. Nothing can go wrong. But also just, what is this kidnapping as a a solution to your problems? Who did she learn that from? (gasps) I bet her dad threatened her, like when she was little with kidnapping. Right, it's like, if you're not good, kidnappers will come and they'll take you away. Now go sit down and stop talking right. to me. I'm looking at this report. Exactly. And so now <laughs> no, she's does like... actually kind of sound like uh, her father. Yep. yep. <laughs> well, he sounds like he has a golf ball stuck in his throat. <laughs> I'm not as good as you with these voices, but every now and then I can pull it out. At night, Kimber takes a stroll and looks for Steve. Zipper strikes and captures Kimber, carrying her away to a nearby volcano. Fortunately for Kimber, two young girls managed to witness the attack as they were looking for her autograph. One of the girls rushes off to find the rest of the holograms and tells Jim they saw a man take Kimber to the base of the volcano. Jim, Aja, Shayna, Steve, and the young girl find Kimber tied up at the base of the volcano. Luck is not on their side as the main entrance collapses behind them. It looks like they'll have to find another way out. Okay. And this whole thing is ridiculous because do you have any idea how hot it would be in there? Like right. that that close to lava? Molten right. magma. But also just the part where Zipper puts her inside of this volcano and then as he's walking away, he happens to notice that it's erupting behind him, which first of all, you don't you don't like that makes no sense because he would know right. the volcano's erupting. But then he says I didn't count on that happening. Must be my lucky day. Like, he literally was like, yeah, that chick's going to be dead. Must be my lucky yep. day. And do either of you think that Pizzazz intended or inferred that she should be basically put out of her misery? Because I didn't get that. I don't think no. Pizzazz cares. Well, Pizzazz I doesn't care. I don't, like, I don't know, murder? I don't, I don't think Pizzazz cares. I don't think so. But I, I mean, it didn't seem to be necessarily what she intended, but just the fact that Zipper was like, yeah, this works out for so me cavalier. because she's going to die. Yeah. Like Zipper, but, but of course this is once again, not that out of character for Zipper because the last time he kidnapped them, he kidnapped the holograms. He also left them to die. Yep. Also, I don't understand why any of the holograms go off by themselves when they're they're in the middle of some kind of competitive something and the misfits are somehow involved or nearby. Like, you think they would have, right, a buddy system or something at this point where they'd be like, you know, they're going to do some shit. We should stick together because it's harder to kidnap two people than one, you know? But they don't do that, ever. Well, they wouldn't be able to do that because we'd have no season two or three. Ah, that's true. I hear you, though. Well, we cut to the swimming competition, and Pizzazz is announced as the first place winner by default. Well, 
even though Pizzazz wins by default, the crowd cheers for Jim. So I guess the Misfits aren't entirely that popular with the Hawaiian crowd. Meanwhile, Steve and the holograms find a shortcut back and manage to make it out just in time for the final event, uh, which is a tug of war. So they've been they've on, been trudging something. I'm wondering if I didn't write mm-hmm. something down. They cut to the swimming competition. Then after, okay, no, I remember distinctly now because after the swimming competition, then it's back at the volcano, and they've already found a way out mm-hmm. yeah so it, it skips over it doesn't really show you a lot of what's going on right but they find a way out which is really all that's important here but like jim they come out and jim's looking around she's like it's already morning and i'm like so you've been trudging through a molten hot volcano for hours all night you're not sweating you didn't have water you're okay and you're like, it's morning, it's time to go play Tug of War. Didn't you know that uh, Synergy can also provide a force field? Oh. Well, that's the this only way I can explain this. so much. Yeah. Well, at the Tug of War, uh, we see Zipper yell, finish them off. And Kimber recognizes the man that kidnapped her. And Steve goes directly after Zipper and punches him, sending him into the mud pit right after the misfits lose to the holograms. Wait a minute. I liked that part. She didn't know who Zipper was. I no. know. I know. I was I was thinking about that, too. I'm like, uh, th- how many times does Zipper sabotage right. something? You've seen him. Yes. It's the new hair color. Oh, my God. What was the episode uh, that we did when... Um, they were at that ranch, you know, with the flash floods, and Zipper was there. And didn't he Kimber? Uh, didn't he kidnap the holograms? So yes. Mm-hmm. yes, and he was also in Italy when he was trying to steal all their stuff. Mm-hmm. So he pushed a gargoyle over in Paris. There's no reason why she shouldn't have known that that was Zipper. It's almost as if the, this episode doesn't have any continuity with previous episodes or within itself right well we conclude this episode with the misfits being disqualified after zipper admits that they cheated in every event with modified gear and speaking of gear their modified gear is discovered by giselle uh, one of the locals boohoo boohoo but we all know the misfits never win they should win sometimes (laughs) that's what i think it's only fair And like, no, really, they no, fail no. every single time. No, they deserve. No. They deserve. Well, they're talented. They are talented, they but deserve. they just go about everything the wrong way. They do. Well, we wrap this episode with a Gem in the Holograms music video called "How You Play the Game." And what did the two of you think of the song and the video? <laughs> How you play the game, how you play the game, it's how you play the game. Uh By the way, uh, just in case anybody did not know what the moral of the story is, it's not winning, it's how you play the game. See, after the song, I was like, screw that, I want to be number one. (laughs) I think I know what band I'm joining. (laughs) Alex, (laughs) taking a page from Pizzazz's book? (laughs) No. Did either of you have any closing thoughts before we move on? Episode was awful. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest. Well, worse, I, worse than uh, In Search of the Stolen Album. No, because at least In Search of the Stolen Album had good songs. Yep. This one, <laughs> but but I did I did I internalized something from this episode, and that is that. Winning isn't everything. It's really how you play the game. <laughs> that oh, no, you didn't. I feel like oh, I really God. want to start a change.org petition called It's How You Play the Game. <laughs> I'm going to start a new nonprofit organization. It's How You Play the Game. 501c3.org. Uh, well, why I don't mean- we. <laughs> let's, let's move on to trivia. <laughs> When Roxy is uh, trying out her bike, the green switch causes grease to come out of the bike, making Zipper uh, fall behind her. But during the race, she hits the red switch, which makes the grease come out. So were they switched somehow? No. Animation mistake. Pretty much consistently in every episode. 
Lindsay introduces a 42-second repeat performance of the Misfits' last concert hit, where the Misfits in Hawaii, and a 48-second <laughs> clip of Jem's new outrageous hit, How You Play the Game. No. I, I don't get This episode was so light on content and songs. It was. It was. And by How the way, this Lindsay only, business at the end. Mm-hmm. we only got two songs in this episode, just like the last one. It's like the writers were out to lunch or something. Well, not only that, but like how you play the game is the same phrase over and over and over and yeah. over again. Like it was just. It, mm. Also, notice the lack of musical variation. How you play the game? 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 There was a key change. Yeah, that's for... true. There is a key change. Uh, it goes a little bit higher. Yeah, like a half step or something. Yeah. No, it's awful. It's awful. Pizzazz, um, Pizzazz's makeup blows away during the We're the Misfits in Hawaii music video. I did not notice that. That's pretty hilarious, actually. Yeah, I didn't either. It was like a taped-on makeup. Well, hmm. When I was Jerica- gonna say- <laughs> Go ahead. Nothing. Go. <laughs> no. When Jerrica and the others receive the letter, Aja says Kimber's line. I, You know, that really bugs me. I've seen that so many times in the show. Where you see like a character, you you can tell it's you know the, the, somebody saying the other person's lines. That really bugs me. I, just, really I don't know. I'm just a stickler for like uh, perfection. So for me, like that just wouldn't fly in in that's QA. Not, I'd be like, fix that. That's not even perfection though. That's like a base level. Of- yeah, you would think. You would think. Okay, this is interesting. I am not. I was not aware of this, but uh, just looking at the Gem Wiki notes here for this episode. Apparently, episode eighteen is the final appearance of Zipper's character. Is that is that true? I just don't. Rem- I can't huh, think of any other episode that he was in, but maybe that is true. That might be true because I feel like then we get Tech Rat more, right. and that and oh, Tech good. Rat is the one that we yeah, see. I like Tech Rat. From like now better on, than Zipper. Yeah, I guess the Zipper wore out his welcome, or maybe he finally went to jail. He was eaten by his own mechanical shark. Oh my god. Or maybe like this is the episode where people were finally like, uh, sir, you need to come with us. And maybe he's like still doing time in a jail in Honolulu. Well, and the last one here on the list is uh, this is the only episode to feature Zipper without Eric Raymond. Yeah, because Eric is just the one that hires him. But where was Eric? Where was Yeah. He was, was, uh,. You know what? His office. He's probably unconscious in, in at the abandoned building, like probably like the drywall collapsed, collapsed on, him. on him, and he's like, yeah. and, and nobody gives a crap. Maybe I don't know. I maybe like he's dating uh, Pizzazz's um, uh, housekeeper, Matilda. <laughs> we don't want any bums here. <laughs> oh, they're perfect for each other. I like the episodes that are very light on Rio. And that are very light on Eric Raymond. Like, I think it's much more interesting to have, for one thing, Eric out, where it's like, I don't know, woman power or whatever, like, pizzazz <laughs> and, and the misfits, like, coming up with their own schemes, although it was mostly Zipper this episode. But, you know, I don't know. I just feel like there's a whole lot of Eric telling them what to do and pizzazz protesting and being childlike childish and then you know like i'm tired of that interplay and so it's it's nice to not have that i agree is it just me or the are these episodes getting worse progressively no worse? no they're no. not getting worse no 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 they're getting better surely after this it will get no it will it totally will get better like the first season i don't know it's a little it's it's uneven but you know it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay alex I feel like my relationship with Gem and the Holograms is analogous to a person in an abusive relationship. Oh, they'll, it'll, they'll get better with time. You'll see. No, no, no. Because like, I'll, I'll, I'll change them. Look, look over like what we've seen so far, okay? Like the, the only real terrible episode that we have encountered is the search for the stolen earrings. Like, let's let's be clear. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only one that's just, just not okay. Like, you just put that off the DVD forever. Um... In this episode, like, it wasn't the greatest, but it wasn't, you know, horrible and offensive. It was like, oh, I watched that. And then there have been some really good episodes. And so it's it's been a mix. It's been a mix of good episodes, decent episodes, met episodes, and one shit-tastic episode. Well, 
I do have some possible good news for next week because it looks like in episode 19, The Princess and the Singer oh, is God. a Christy Marks episode. Actually, yeah, co written by Ele- uh, sorry, Ellen Gion. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that last name correctly. Anyway, the fact that Christy Marks is involved, ha- it has potential, but I don't well, remember what happens in this episode. I do. Oh, no. Well, it's not, it's not even that it's bad. It's just, and we'll, we'll, I'll expand more on this thesis next week. But basically, it has all the problems that every other, like, Prince and the Pauper-based story has. Yeah. Lots um, of tropes. Lots of tropes, and also just like, here's a person who looks just like this other person. Why? Reason. Okay. Well, because all the women in the episode look the same. So you just destroyed my enthusiasm <laughs> for episode 19. No, no, no. Be enthusiastic because there's some cute moments in it. And, right. But yeah, it's just like I personally am like Prince of the Popper, but that's just me. It has come time to ask Aline, are you a content producer? <laughs> I am a content producer. Uh, what exactly do you this. produce? So I have a podcast called Less Than or Equal, which um, is a place where I get to talk about Cool projects with cool geeky people, and you can find that at less than or equal.com. I need to get Tempest on there so we can talk about things because I'm now doing the K Tempest Bradford uh, book challenge, and I would Woo! like to talk about that. Um, so that's my subtle way of saying Tempest. I'd like to do that soon. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and on less and, than or equal, you uh, solely interview 40 year old uh, white men, right? Yes, yeah, that is uh, that is actually a prerequisite. Is Tempest oh, not man. a forty-year-old white man? I mean, I am when I put on my forty-year-old white man suit. <laughs> I gotta find that suit. It's around here somewhere. She, right, she likes well, to put on a toupee and and uh, and cosplay as Eric <laughs> Raymond occasionally. Yeah, he um, discovered it, my secret. <laughs> so yeah, the catch the catch to less than or equal is it's always my guess is almost always. Um, someone who is underrepresented in whatever their their um, field or area of interest is. Um, so I've had like a lot of a lot of women, a lot of transgender women. Um, I've had a, a gay cheerleader on. Um, so yeah, it's it's fun. Um, mostly, sometimes it's not, but it's usually really fun and um, it's really interesting. Um, just all of the different things people do. And where can people go to uh, support your show? I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Aline. It's A-L-E-E-N. And that kind of helps pay for um, this fancy mic setup I um, invested in. Um, Excuse me, I'm getting a cold. Um, Yeah, so that helps pay for my fancy mic setup. Um, I've got some other things brewing for for things that I want to do with that money. Um, I can't talk about them yet. Um, Intrigue. But um, we'll see what happens. And where can people interact with you? You're so good at prompting me. I'm off my game tonight. (laughs) You're just not (laughs) plugging anything today. (laughs) No, I just, I feel really bad. Um, So you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Aline. It's A-L-E-E-N. And then if you want to get in contact with me um, in a non-public medium, um, you can go to less than or equal.com and fill out the contact form. um, And that'll, that'll show up in my email inbox. Be nice. And do you have a P.O. box? Uh, can I send you postcards? I actually do, and you can, but I'm not going to plug that publicly. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Well, what about you, Tempest? Are you a content producer? Uh, I choose not to think of myself as a content producer. I choose to think of myself as a person who knows it's how you play the game. Aww. It's how you play the game. It's I how wish you I had a sound game. effect that I could play right now. <laughs> 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 Um, but when I'm not playing the game in the right way, uh, <laughs> I do produce some content. Uh, I, uh, I blog and I, every week on io9.com, I write a column called the io9 newsstand in which I talk about my favorite stories that I read that week. And I read a lot of, uh, science fiction and fantasy short stories. And I like to talk to people about why I love the ones that I love. Um, and so if you like science fiction and fantasy short stories, you should go to io9 or you should go to the Googles and type in io9 newsstand and then you will find um, my column, which goes up on Fridays, usually sometimes on Saturday. You could also 
go to Twitter where I am at Tiny Tempest, uh, and you can join the Gem Rewatch hashtag Gem Rewatch as I watch these episodes, and I'm like, Zipper just literally put her inside of an active volcano. What is what is this? Why? Um, and that's always a fun time. Or you could go to ktempestbradford.com where you can find out uh, about my fiction and where you can buy it. Wonderful. Yay. Hey, Alex, are you a content producer? Yes. Yes. I'm not sure why I hesitated there. <laughs> I do. Uh, I, I write at uh, zerodistraction.com. I also have another podcast called The Impromptu, uh, which you can find on iTunes. And, of course, I am naturally on Facebook dot com slash zero distraction and uh on twitter under the same handle zero distraction as well and uh of course with respect to this podcast if you'd like to show your support the best way that you can do that is to go to gemcast.tv forward slash donate and donate a couple of dollars uh, and all of that will go towards improving our podcast's audio quality, be it software, be it hardware, it really does make a difference. You can also reach out to any of us if you'd like to uh, give some feedback or if you have questions or thoughts by going to gemcast.tv forward slash contact. And naturally, the best way, well, not necessarily the best way, but definitely a great way to uh, help support the show is to go to iTunes and rate the podcast uh, and leave a comment that really does help more people find the show, which is, of course, naturally what we want. Also tell your friends. And also tell your friends. And if you're listening to this and you're a member of the GemCon message board and or have frequented past GemCons, please do spread the word and let everybody know. I, I have a feeling that there are a lot of people on the message board that have not heard of our podcast. Uh, in fact, uh, I remember... A few months back, I actually had created an account there and uh, posted about it, but recently the GemCon admin people migrated everything uh, to a new message board, and whatever they did during the migration, they had some data loss, so my account was deleted with all of the posts. So yeah, I'm going to have to recreate the account. I haven't done it yet, but if you're already on the message board, it would be awesome if you could just spread the word. And until next week, show's over, Synergy. 